Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to NWA Ninjas with Attitude. We got all the ninjas in the house today. My name is Ben. What's up? This is Big G. It's Leon. And I'm Neo. We got Hal back to join us to talk more shit today. And, you know, you've brought some very interesting content over uh, your last appearances. So let's keep it up. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me again. You know, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Hal. I met you in university. And I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. And I just couldn't, I think I said it wrong last time. I couldn't remember at the time, but now I definitely remember where I met you. I don't know if you remember. I actually don't. It was, I think it was at the bus. We're like walking through the bus or something. And then like, I think I like hit, hit one of the signs. And then you're like, oh, yo, man. Yeah. And then you're yo, yo, man. You gotta be careful. Like for like tall guys like us or something. It was like near a yeah, yeah, it was something like that, something along those lines. And then I was like, oh shit, you're right. Um, Damn, tall people master race. Exactly, exactly. So, but then even though we met, I think in university, we didn't really uh, hang out or anything. I don't think you really hung out with Neil either, right? No, yeah, so. I remember the first time I met Neo was actually doing one of the uh, the physics review before the exam. And then this guy, he fucking like wrote down. So like at the end of the review session, you had to write down like a feedback to the TAs. And this guy's like, I like the combination of the TAs. The first one's kind of skinny. The second one's kind of fat. And the third one's skinny again. So it's kind of like, you know, two layers of bread with the, the fatty meat on the side. It's like a sandwich. <laughs> what? Yo, you fucking wrote down that shit, man. I remember that. Really? <laughs> Dude. Holy shit. I do, I do, I do remember going that is to creative. those. I do remember going to those physics review sessions. I'm pretty sure I still failed the course. I did too. <laughs> and guess uh, what? We're both fucking dentists now. <laughs> Who's the winner now, yo? Physics. UBC, because they fucking scammed your money. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so... So here's my question, something that, you know, uh, we kind of struggle with, but uh, in your time, like, I want to know about your time studying in university, what's the difference? Like, cause you were, you had, I remember you had a lot of friends kind of right in university and I don't know. Did you, I think so. No, I have to, yeah. Yeah. The, thr- the, the first time I, I saw, cause we were in the same faculty, we yeah. were both in engineering. We were, yeah. Right. EC, electrical computer engineering. I thought he was like one of the cool guys of all the chicks. Thank you, man. You're pretty cool yourself. Damn. <laughs> An engineer guy with all the chicks? That's not very common, I must say. Yeah, I know what they say. If you're growing engineering, you know, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So, yeah. How story just blew my mind, man. That I wrote that review, I don't even remember. That was gold. I used to be so fun, now I'm so boring. It fucking blew my mind. That's so pretty fun in my eyes, bro. So, what do you, how do you compare? Because, like, okay, you know, Big G can attest to the fact that you had a lot of friends in university, right? Even though you were in engineering and there were like no girls in engineering. But how do you compare that to like making friends, say, as an adult? (laughs) So, um, I would say in schools are easier because there's less barrier and you know we're only the same faculty if not the same class 
and with this common goal, which is you know to learn and to graduate. There's no because in in real life there's barriers such as you know your socioeconomic status, like who you hang out with, if you're seen as one of the cool people or not. In school, all kinds of people from different stratifications of society will mix together, right? Yeah, so I would say people don't keep their guards up. It's very easy to talk to people, hang out with people, and get to know them. Because in real life, you know, once you start working, people will have barriers. I think like, what's the guy? What's that guy trying to sugarcoat me? Like, is he trying to get something from me? Does he want something from me? Such. That's just my take. Have you been able to successfully translate your friend making skills into like the working world? Now? No, no, <laughs> I barely talk to people now. <laughs> so you're not like able to do the same thing, I assume, or make those connections as you did in the past. No, it's it's tricky because now I basically just go home. I mean, go to work and go home after, and maybe you know go to the gym twice a week, and I'll see maybe like um when Neil and when Gary was in town, like, I hang out with Neil and Gary together like every couple of weeks, and that's it. Are you What? happy with that? Um, I mean, I don't know, like, it's more like the um, time we hang out with friends a little bit less, but the quality is better, I would say, because, you know, we know each other for a while, or you don't, we don't have to second guess what each other's thinking. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah, I want to ask, which gym do you go to? Yeah. Yeah, so I have this personal trainer, she's based in Richmond, and oh, she so basically... Oh, that was, that was, that was, that was at your proposal thing? Uh, no, so it's actually a different, different person. Yeah, but they know each other. So this girl, she's like my personal trainer slash physio. So I hurt my shoulder, you know, a while back, and she helped me rehabilitate my shoulder. And also, you know, in our line of work, we hurt our back pretty often. So she she kind of trained me to have a stronger back so I can work a bit longer and, you know, work harder. What? Okay. Is your shoulder completely healed now? Yeah, I would say so. I think I tore one of the rotator cuffs in the back. When we're working, we dentists have a tendency to want to move our shoulder more forward like You're that. Right, right. Yeah. So they get accustomed to this position and that's not a lot, that doesn't give a lot of room to rotate, you know, certain angles. So when you rotate your external back rotation. your shoulder. Yes. Yeah. So when you do external rotation, like you pinch one nerve of the back. Mm. That hurts. She told me to do these exercises, such as, you know, you stand up like this, and you be elbow tucking and hold weights like that. So that trains your rotator cuff. Oh, shit. That actually feels pretty... I think that's very uh, useful, even for uh, people like Leon and Big G. Yeah. And the easiest way to do it is just get an elastic band, hold it here, and just pull it outside. Like, that's the easiest, easiest way you can do it at home. She gave me one. <laughs> but it's actually better to just train your whole back, because rotator cuff, you're training that... Isolated, isolating that muscle, but you can just train your whole back. Then everything gets stronger, in my opinion. But mm. I'm sure the personal trainer is better than me. But pretty difficult for like noobs, sorry, to train their back because like they don't have back muscles, right? Or they don't know how to activate it. Because you know when you first do those um those sets where you work on your back, it's pretty hard. Like when you do like the pull to pull up instead of using arms, right? You gotta use your back. But a lot of people like they don't. They don't know that feeling, but it is good to have a good back though, in general. Mm -hmm. We call it, we call it the money maker in dentistry. I almost completely stopped training my chest. I just do all back now. I do like 80% back. 
Oh, I mean, it's got D cup right there, so it should be pretty good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so what was your fucking university life like? How I'm just curious, <laughs> just because, just because we don't like we're really friends, you know, yeah. at that time. Even like Big G knew you, but Big G, did you ever approach How back in the day? No, I I thought he was too intimidating. <laughs> so we basically, I think the first time, I'm not sure if this is the very first time, but I think we met a. Like a house party, at the that's where we met. Yeah, at the Marine Drive residence in UBC. So yeah, yeah. I think he was he was smoking he was smoking weed while everyone else was drinking. I, yeah. I, I I don't know. I think he was friendly, but he gave off an aura that like if you're not I don't know if you're not cool enough, then you won't get to be my friend. But then when I saw him like many years later. Like uh, with Neo, I felt like his personality was completely different, and I think that maybe like I didn't get to know him as much like in the beginning. Like I was more shy, and maybe How was probably younger, and I don't know if he was cockier. But um, guess was maybe I'm not sure. That face, man. So was it true? He had like he had like dyed longer, like like kind of gold hair. Yeah, Yeah. I I did at one point. Yeah, (laughs) it's a long time ago. And so like, yeah. yeah was your preconception of uh, how like dude this guy he's like banging a lot of chicks he's like fuck like you know i want to i don't want to talk to him he's just not like you know my type of uh, click i this is kind of lame but actually the first time i saw how was actually how doesn't know this so this might be fun so okay. in second year electrical computer engineering there's two streams you can either take courses mm-hmm. like most people or you can do something called project integrated program or something, right? Mm-hmm. You take a big course that is like project based, but it covers mm-hmm. a lot of credits. And I was in that initially, but I was worried because it's less predictable, like what kind of grade you'll get. I was trying to get a high GPA in the beginning. But I remember mm-hmm. I saw how in that class because he was like one of the only cool guys, like like 90, 95% of guys in engineering, they, they're just like average, average nerds. Glasses, but how like really stood out? Like he was a lot cooler. Let's just say, I I wanted to be his friend, but I was too, <laughs> but I was too shy back then. Make a move. Well, if you approach me then, or if you approach me today, you know, I don't think I'll say no, bro. <laughs> Even back then, did you? Was it true though? How like did you have that? Like you know, uh, I don't think I meant that. I mean, uh, I was super. Super high that day, so maybe I'm a little bit sent off dish. I, <laughs> yeah, because at that time I was taking this medication where you know, it's um, uh, it's a lot, it's it's pretty hot on your on your liver, so I can't drink alcohol that medication. So I just opt out to uh, get high instead of getting drunk in parties. Good move. So maybe I was super stoned, so that's why I'm like a little bit non-responsive. <laughs> maybe that's why. Hey man, it's all good. I'd be chilling with you if I saw you smoking weed. Right? Instead of drinking, I'm like, yeah, that's my crowd. Leon will be on the other side of things, but uh, yeah. <laughs> not, a, not, not at that time. <laughs> Yo, we're going to get to you. We're going to get to you, man. Well, we'll get to you right now. Fuck. Um, <laughs> like some of you may or may not know, but how definitely does not know. But mm-hmm. Leon was crazy in university, dude. This guy is insane. He's been like, he's like a socialite. He's an extrovert. He makes all these friends and year two, like, so first year was whatever. 
he's just like feeling the water a little bit year two this guy he went nuts yo like there's a time what big g just said about how it was like leon no offense or anything but like it felt like you you didn't want to like hang out with your old friends quote unquote you had all I these dudes. <laughs> just kidding man no, it wasn't like that yo it was and how crazy like what's what's like the turning point do you think when you partied so fucking hard that you just didn't care about anything else man to be honest i don't have much memory of those years <laughs> they're gone but anyway uh i think you mean the turning point where it went too far or when it started both I guess it was the end of first year. First year, I was doing really well. And then I think at the end of the first year, I met some people. Richie was one of them, right? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> anyway, just kind of introduced me to like partying and stuff because we never had that in high school, right? We were, I guess in high school, I was just the type of guy who would study during spare. I would study AP psych during my spare block. So that's how it was. But you get exposed to partying and you meet a lot of people, you know, girls, stuff like that. And then you just get distracted. And I guess I thought I would, I guess I was like, I was, my ego was too big for myself a lot of times. And I thought, oh, they don't have to go to school. Nothing's going to happen. Eventually, I didn't even go to my finals that year. You just see my fucking GPA. It's hilarious. I think for the first term in second year, I had like three zeros, like actually zeros because I didn't go to my, go to my finals. For three courses and then the prof actually emailed me and be like hey is everything okay you know you're gonna get a zero if you don't go to, if you don't take your final i'm like don't worry about it <laughs> and then and then i remember in the second second term i tried to switch to psych right because i was like hey i'm gonna fail soccer so let's go on business let's go to psych and see how it goes and then the counselor got so pissed at me she, he was like you don't you can't just switch to another department just because you're failing business. Not how it works. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think if it was the, the second term, I needed to get like above eighty average in five courses, and I was so far into like my habits were so bad at the time, I just kind of gave up. So after that, I just went to Langara for like two years and got back in. Yo, fuck this school shit, okay? I don't want to, no one wants to know about it. I We wanted to know, like, what was it like? The thrill, like, what was the thrill? That was like, oh, every weekend. How many days were you partying? What were you doing? What about the partying got you, like, so hooked on this lifestyle? Like, the things you're doing. That This is what we want to know. Also, were you doing drugs? Mm -hmm. that, that was, were you doing drugs? And what kind? I or think the first drinking? time I did, I started off drinking, and then I was working at Shabu Zen, right, at the yeah. time, Benson. And then met this chick that was eating there and she was with her friends. Um, and then she took me, well, I got her number and then she took me to those like, those like, you know, those drinking places in those houses that are underground. Okay. I don't know how to say it in English. You don't talk about, right? Anyway, it's but kind of sketch. And then the first time, so I went there and didn't do, I haven't done anything before. And that night I did like Molly, like weed, Molly, and oh, what was it? I think it was ketamine. Dreams, right? It was like three things at once. Okay. No, shrooms wasn't that time. It was pretty bad, man. I got so fucked up. I was kind of, I had kind of like foam for like two days after that. Kinda my mouth what? was like so dry. Okay. Foam. I had like kind of foamy shit coming out of my mouth. But not like, you know, not like your past oil was coming out. But it's like a little bit, it just feels weird. You have like chemicals. Okay. Yeah. 
what was that high then, but what was that high like like you didn't even like you didn't even know like you didn't know what these substances would do to you it's, like did you were you at any point like scared or like paranoid or anything no I, I wouldn't say i was scared the the first time i was actually scared was i think a week or two after that at the shrooms were the first time and i fucking did it in a restaurant man i did it okay. there's this uh, japanese restaurant on kingsway and then the people I was with had shrooms and they were like, you want some? I'm like, I didn't even know what the fuck it was. I just knew it would get me high. I didn't know how. So I just took it, right? And then I started getting fucking high wow. in the restaurant. I started seeing Jesus like, Christ. I started seeing like all these shapes and shit, right? Yeah. And then they went to basement after that and I stayed in the car and I was super paranoid. It was like probably the worst, one of the worst times that, no, it was just pretty bad. And then I, I remember I like recorded myself. I was like, hey, what are you doing with your life? That kind of shit. Holy shit. Existential <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what are you doing? And then I was like, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna do that shit again. And then I think what? a month or two later, I was like, hey, Gary, do you wanna get high off shoes? <laughs> so and then what, that was the first thing. What yeah. was like what kind of things were you doing besides that, right? Like um now that you've answered Neil's question, like, what were, were you banging chicks? Like, what was that about that party life that you were, like, so hooked to, yeah. hooked on? I think the best way to compare it to teen, younger, young adults nowadays is probably, like, clout. Kind of, I think I, I had, I added, like, 500 people on Facebook at the time in the span of two, three months. And it felt like, oh, kind of like that influencer feeling i would say when you get more of people with friends or followers kind of like that right and it felt like an addiction in a way you just feel like every time i go down to richmond i go anywhere and you will meet someone that you see right. and it feels good it felt good when you're with your friends and you use someone someone else in another crowd and then they know you and then you know it seems like you know everyone and that was a good feeling i guess so i guess something that i was i like being at the center of attention, I think I would say. Were you, and you were, you were right at those parties and and stuff. Yeah, I guess, but but eventually, I don't know. I think part of the part of the part of the reason why I guess people were I were open to talk to me and get to know me, but I eventually I think I was um, sometimes I get too cocky and I say things that probably offended people. I talked about this before, right? Yeah. Getting jump thing. So I think that was like the first thing that happened. That was like a year or two after. And then yeah, no no. Eventually I went back went back to UBC and I just kinda felt like that wasn't for me. I felt like that was a phase for me too. Just felt I didn't feel like I was a very self aware person for a while. Did you have it a worked to my at that time? It wasn't like it wasn't like a long term girlfriend. You had like a few, you know, a few months here and there with another one like that and you but, were just like banging them in the bathroom right at these parties and stuff no man fuck that no like that shit. really dude i thought you were doing I, that shit i feel I think, like I... I think neil has more experience yeah than me, he does <laughs> <laughs> yeah big g no i feel like i remember um like leon's party life from a different perspective at least as like he had like no one I knew at that time was able to bring a different female friend out every single time. I'm like, what kind of sorcery is? This? It's like I didn't even have like one or two female friends. They're all like my friends' friends, but I wasn't like close with them or anything. And then 
he would seemingly just have like all these like all the checks liked him like being friends with him and and basically like the parties he would go to he would be like the life of the party that kind of thing you but, think that's the was... most wild you've seen leon i don't think he was like i don't think he, like like i don't think he was wild per se like in the sense like he's not like chugging alcohol non-stop or like those like really high testosterone like fat bros kind of kind of high but um, i just feel like girls would gravitate to him and then the guys would want to hang along the sides too right because like i don't i don't think i saw any other guy with as much female attention that leon got yeah but a lot of it is not just they want to fuck me they just like talking to me Sometimes they treat me like, you know, like I'm their sister. sister right? I was not more feminine back then, too, you know. So sometimes girls just like to talk to me about problems. It's, it's, it's still an infinitely better strategy in my mind. Like even so I will, But to be like, honest, I did see it as a strategy because I would be like, hey, Gary's having a party. I'm going to bring this chick and he's going to be impressed or something like that, right? <laughs> Whatever you were doing, it, it, was, it, was, it was cool. <laughs> But like, think about it, like, compared to now, I have, like, zero female friends now, to be honest. I don't talk to any girls anymore. That's not because I'm in a relationship. I just feel like what I had back then was really superficial. And the reason I wanted to talk to them was superficial. So I don't, so I just like talking to people that I feel like are my actual friends, you know? I think that experience really gave me that kind of appreciation for real friendship in a way. So at what point were you like, yo, I'm fucking up my life. I need to get back. I need like, cause you got kicked out, right? Of university. Let's, let's just say. Yeah. But it's not like, it wasn't like a sudden switch that happened. Right. So you get, you get kicked out and then I still had that feeling. I just go to Langara and then two years and then a year to go come back. And then I did that. Right. So during those at Langara, I was still kind of, you know, doing that stuff, but it was more, I would say it became darker. It's like there's still drug use, but it was not in a party environment anymore. Because now I'm I was exposed, but I would I would maybe do it by myself. So it became darker in that sense. But then I would still go and drink, right? That's where I met I met a few girls in the girl too. So it wasn't like too antisocial social or anything. In BBM. Big G, you had a similar experience, okay? Like you also had to like climb your way back into university hmm. did you have a similar experience mentality to uh, leon in in what sense in the way where like oh did you like when you got kicked out i don't know if you got kicked out or you just opted. i did get kicked out yeah what, what was like what was that feeling like i was pretty depressed i felt like so basically i i really i i wasted my grades on on video games like I wish, I wish I was partying instead. <laughs> what I was really doing was, I was working a part-time job too much, and then I was playing video games. I was taking six courses that second semester in first year, and pretty soon enough, I knew I couldn't handle it, but I just ignored it. All this, and I was already on probation, I think, after first semester. And I think, according to the official website, I needed a fifty-five percent GPA. And then I actually changed my computer like wallpaper to say with Microsoft Paint, I put like I need to get fifty-five or sixty or something percent GPA. But then somehow, uh the hardest course, like linear algebra, math one five two, I didn't even go to the final. So I know how that feels like. You know where I was? 
I was playing pool at Q1. <laughs> and I somehow woke up in the morning for that because the final was at like 8 or 9 a.m. I was at, I met up with my friend at Q1 like as soon as it opened. Like I, I went to Q1 before it would open, started smoking cigarettes, waited until it opened to go in. My friend's like, don't you have a final? I'm like, yeah, so what? Like I know I'm, I knew I was going to fail, but I was just kind of somehow in a chill way, like watching my, my life like unfold. I'm like, whatever. I wasn't like unaware of the consequences. It just didn't feel real. And then I obviously I got like kicked out and it was kind of silent. You just get a letter saying you can't register next year. Um, and then I, I went to Langara and I was kind of depressed. And then it started like reality started kicking in. I was like, well, I'm, I'm at this like fucking college. I bring shame to myself. My, my dad didn't want to talk to me anymore. He's like, like we got we we moved all the way here to Canada and, and you know want you to go to UBC or whatever, and now you're fucking going to Langara. Like I don't want to talk to you. Like you failed, and then it's like I had to pay for my tuition myself. Um, and it was kind of it, looking back, it was interesting. Like it wasn't like Sorry. super bad. I was only there for how, five semesters. How you have feedback on your mic? Okay. You got, yeah, you got to turn on noise suppression on uh, Discord, right? Uh bottom left corner where it says video connected right beside it mm -hmm. which mic are you, are you are you are you using the headphone mic or the computer mic well suppose i'm using the computer okay, mic okay. that's really funny because i wasn't even saying anything yeah it's been happening it's good oh, shit wait so is it in settings user settings uh you can you go to settings and then Nice. Voice okay. and video, I think. Okay, voice and video. Okay, yeah. And then what do I do? Go down to noise suppression. Noise suppression. Okay. What do you have on there? I have echo cancellation on, noise suppression on, and automatic gain control. So I turn on everything. Right below that, it should say noise suppression and then crisp, K-R-I-S-P. I don't have that. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's okay now. Yes, that's better. It's okay now, right? Yeah, it's okay now. Okay, okay great. I don't know yeah. what happened. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I wasn't even saying anything. Yeah, it's much so okay. much better. It was just white noise. So much better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Anyway. No, sorry, Pichi. Your dad was disappointed in you. That's where you were. Yeah, you yeah. So I was kind of okay. I was kind of depressed because I felt myself at like a lower status compared to people who went to UBC. I would even. I remember I was still addicted to Dota. Back then, and it was like really hard to pick the habit. I would actually bus to UBC daily, even though I was going to Langara at one point with two laptops so I could play Dota in Irving. Or, uh, sorry, not Irving. Irv Is it Irving? Yeah. Irving K. Barber. Yeah. yeah. To escape my reality. And then I didn't get a good GPA either, but then I somehow got my way back in. But um, during that time, I was just, I was like, I ran out of options. Like, I think at some point I thought of just lying omitting my post-secondary scores and applying to universities in Toronto. And my parents like didn't really approve of it. I even got into this university in Hong Kong. I, I felt like my life was over in some sense. I think there was one time where I thought I failed like a midterm in Langara. And then I calculated that I would not make him back into UBC period. And I was like crying in the car and thinking about suicide. Like that's how bad it got. So whenever I hear like, you know, you know how you hear like students committing suicide and like 
really high stress countries like Korea or like China or Japan or whatever, I can actually sort of relate because like at that point, the whole society and your parents and all that shit put all that, like basically your whole identity is whether you do well in school. And I eventually got back in. So that was fine. But, but it was like a pretty depressing year and a half. How was that climb to get back in though? Was it like, did you like fully exert yourself? Like took a lot, like took everything. Yeah, I, I would, I would say so. It's, but it's not like I got a really high GPA in the end. I wrote like a very convincing letter to BBC to argue about like why I've improved now and all that stuff. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like a story of, I tried really hard and I got like a 4.0 GPA and I got back in. It was just kind of like a steady struggle. I just remember so many days in Langara where I would just be in the library for like hours and hours, but I wasn't, I wasn't actually studying. I was just in between courses, classes, and I was watching like YouTube videos and playing Rubik's Cube and playing Dota's. Were you I don't in know, it was... Langara when I was in Langara? Holy... Um, no, not really. Like, oh, wait. Because I don't remember hanging out with you in Lingara when I went. When I, was... I when I met you, I think... Oh, I don't... Oh, sorry, I don't remember then. If I met you in 2008, oh, it's because I just failed out. And then you just finished first year oh. of commerce. Oh, you went back to UBC around the time that I failed. <laughs> shit. Do, do you guys, like the two of you, do you guys not think that shit would fly nowadays? Or you think it's like I was just thinking more difficult. I just thinking we were lucky because it was still not as competitive. It's not. It's hard to get in Langara even like nowadays too. I hung out. I hung out with Richie once or twice in Langara. Okay. Yeah. What's Richie? Uh, Is this someone I know? I think you know Richie. I think you know Richie. Richie Wong, right? Yeah. Was he engineering and he became realtor? Yeah. Yes, that guy. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. It's Leon's best friend. Really? (laughs) No, he's not. He was for like a year, and I just ghosted him. I hope he doesn't listen to this because I try to be nice whenever I bump into him. You guys wore oh, matching yeah. matching shirt and stuff, right? Yeah, we, dude. <laughs> as I said, I wasn't very aware, aware of myself. Were you guys banging <laughs> the, same, the same chick or not? Nah? Actually, there was a story in the beginning. There was a chick he liked, and then I got her, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't really like her. Did you bang her? Horse. Okay. Yeah, I did, but <laughs> but he forgave me. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's a really nice guy, man. Dude, I have a story with Richie. We went to this house party, and then there were these two chicks. They were kind of chubby and like ugly, and then apparently I was I was on the same bed with both of them, and then Richie got me out. <laughs> I was drunk. I was drunk, and Richie got me out. He said he told me like I was gonna get raped by by like by them or some shit. I was I'm forever grateful to Richie for doing that, man. He's such a bro. bro. Did he take you out of the room, off the bed, out of the room, he and then came, he went back he... in, right? <laughs> <laughs> he he went back. I want to replace him, you of him. No, man. I think he got me out, and then he drove me home or something. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, that's my Damn, memory that's like... of him. I think the reason, like, uh, yeah. Go on. I think the reason why my friendship ended with him was because I kind of, I kind of put a lot of blame onto him for how, <laughs> how my, my like my life went after meeting him, even though it wasn't his fault, right? Uh, like around the time I failed and everything, I was like looking for external reasons and things to blame, and then he was probably like an easy 
scapegoat for me. And that's why I just didn't want to talk to him anymore. He was very, he's a very clingy guy, you know? So I was in a friendship. This was stupid. Talk about, sounds like talking about eggs or some shit. <laughs> but basically he would always just come over. He, he would go into my house without like knocking. Cause sometimes it's not open. And then I'll be like, yo, it's too much. Why do you do that? And then, cause I'm trying, I was trying to like get back into school and trying to focus. Right. But he was still in the school all the time, school, do that shit. And I just got really tired of them. Yeah. But he is a very, he's a very nice guy. I would say. Yeah. It's awkward though. I always bump into him at a sports bar. I was talking about this the other day, the other time, but how, uh, it was like the NBA finals and he had like full kit on cap jersey shorts. And I was like, oh man, and I bump into him, right? And I felt kind of, kind of awkward. You don't wear full kit, man. Not to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, like going back to things a little bit, uh, <clears throat> how how did you work during university? And um, yeah, I was actually working at a sushi restaurant. So I kind of have to repeat my first year engineering, and while I was doing that, why did you have to do that? So similar to Gary, I kind of failed yeah. a couple of courses. I had to repeat them before I can move on to the second year. And then, right. you know, during my spare time, I just decided to start working in a sushi restaurant. Dude, why are we all such failures? <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> none of us, none of us like did the four and then done. You know what I mean? It's you have to like... fail to succeed. That's how life is. Dude, it's just insane. insane. It's just <laughs> <laughs> The difference between high school, like grade 12 and university first year, especially engineering is fucking huge. And like in, in, in high school, they handhold you basically, unless you have like, a, I don't know, even if, if you have a really bad teacher, but I feel like in university, you have to cultivate, like you can skip whenever you want. That's the first thing it's right. far. And second thing is like, they don't teach you how to study. Like if you fall behind and you just, you just let go and you don't do your problem sets or homework or whatever, you're, you're kind of fucked. It's a time management. I just felt like it was so hard. It was so much harder. Dude, You're in just... IB, right? Wasn't it like I heard IB was harder than first year? It's way harder than first year. Way harder. Yeah. Like so, what happened? Huh? So what happened to me in first year? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I feel like should... it's it's the time management thing, man. I just stopped going to like I have a I have an eight a.m. class. I barely go, and then one day I just wake up. I felt like going, so I went, and it was the midterm. I didn't even know. I feel like I feel like all the I feel like most of the people that get kicked out or on probation in first year, it's not really because they're not like smart enough to study. It's just the time management thing. It's like they don't take attendance, so you don't go right. And there's no assignment, so you don't you don't keep up. And then when the final comes, dude, some midterm comes in the first month, okay. And if you didn't even go to class, you're fucked. Yeah. You're basically fucked. And midterm fifty percent. It's mostly a time management issue. Yeah. It's not it's not anything else. Just time management issue. It's kind of like how university didn't prepare you you know to be responsible for your own time management on purpose so i can you know make more money off tuitions for people that repeat the first year. now we're putting on the tinfoil hat man yo this guy's speaking mm. <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. uh do you think working helped or it you know kind of not depends on the job i think in general it kind of makes you uh, have to be responsible, right? Because you know, if you um, if you don't show up, it, it you're fired, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I feel like my university jobs just just made me made it worse for me. <laughs> I met so many people that influenced me influenced me in a bad way. 
Right. Well, kind of depends on what you do, right? Because you know, if you are just working in a restaurant, making minimum wage, maybe with tips, it's like the next month. Literally, what I did. But, really? <laughs> yeah, I worked restaurant jobs too, just as you, same as you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I actually think so. Do you guys think it's like helpful in general for people to like work in university or just fucking focus on studying? No, I think it's good to work a little bit. I mean, it's a different type of experience, right? Just work in the summer or something. Just work part time. I have a kid. It depends. Depends how they. If I feel like they're they're dumb or they can't manage their time well, I'll tell them not to work during the school year. If I'm paying the tuition. Thinking back, it's kind of crazy because I think we all worked. We all worked when we were in university, and not only that, right? You need to do your school shit. You got to go to work. At the same time, you guys were like fucking partying. So like I remember doing this shit where like you get off from school, you go to work, right, on like a Friday or something. You get off work and then you go to the club or some shit like that. And then the next day, like you got to go work again, like <laughs> with like you know minimum amount of sleep. Like I'm talking about bare minimum. And you know it somehow it just worked, man. It's just fucking. Can you guys do that now? Do you think you can do that now? It didn't work for me back then. <laughs> I didn't even, I, this is how it is, right? You go, you go work and then you party and you go clubbing and then I just don't go to class. That's just how it is. Just go for final and midterms. That's what happened to me. Like compared to, like, I would say compared to when I back, went back to BCIT in 2018, like that was how I felt like actually going to university, how it was supposed to act, right? Just eight to five school, 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 just intense shit. I wouldn't have been able to do that when I was in my early 20s. Just a sense of responsibility is much different, in my opinion. How how are you managing it? Partying and then going to work next day with school and shit. When I was taking my courses part time, I had a bit more time to both you know uh, come to a restaurant and also you know go clubbing on the weekend, party, yeah. But as soon as I go back to taking a full course load, I know that you know I I can't fail again. I have to fucking graduate. Then you know that's when I put my foot down. And I stopped going to clubs. I stopped going to parties, and it's it's kind of like a rude awakening. You know, you realize that you know you need to uh, find a good job to survive in this society, and to do that, and to fucking graduate, it's like a rite of passage. I think most of people go through like a, a period where they try to find themselves, try to figure out what they want to do, and people stumble in the process. What's like the craziest amount of like, oh, go to school Friday, you know, party that night. And then working the next day, for example, right? What's the, like the minimum amount of sleep you guys got? Just curious. Done forty eight hours, but then after that, I kind of don't remember what happened. Straight? Yeah, forty eight hours straight. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it was actually during dental school. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, it was like third year final, so uh, I, I had a ton of shit to study, and then once that's done, we had some stupid social event. That's not mandatory, but it's kind of you're voluntold to go. There's a lot of those in the industry. You kind of have to network with people, and you have to go there, and then you know get shit faced, and then next day I kind of have some volunteer shit schedule, and then I gotta go do last year again, and I just I feel like I floated through the whole day. Neil, do you remember doing that? No, I never done that. I, no? I I love sleeping, and I actually don't go to a lot of those social events. I'm pretty antisocial. Yeah, but then you know how like they uh, they network you and like you're gonna meet other people. That's my weakness. You... <laughs> Neil's not into that. Yo, Neil, how about you? Because you worked Saturday Sundays, right? 
<clears throat> I remember. Back then, yeah, because I tutor, so I teach on the weekend. Yeah. yeah. What time in the morning? Are we talking about undergrad or? Yeah, sure. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I think one day was kind of in the morning. Dude, I remember, <laughs> I remember one time the receptionist told on my boss. She told the boss she smelled alcohol on me. Holy shit. <laughs> but I wasn't drinking, I guess it's from the previous night. Yeah, which was like a few hours ago, right? <laughs> I don't remember, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still sleep quite a bit though. If I go party, I'll just wake up later. Like, really? Yeah. Fuck, I remember going home at like fucking, I don't know, like seven, six, seven. And then I have to work at 10 or some shit. shit. And like, it was like two hours minimum. It doesn't even feel like you're sleeping. <laughs> it does. It's so fucked up. Dude, Benson, like, I, I, Benson, you're, you're yeah. like, you do this weird thing where you like to get yourself sleep deprived. Yes. There, there, there was a time your purpose, you can sleep and you have nothing. You actually don't have anything, anything you have to do, but you just stay up. And then, well, you and then you'll tell me about it. Hey, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm nocturnal by nature. I can't. I like it when everyone's asleep. And I don't know if you guys Yo, know I like that it feeling. too. I love it. I know that feeling. And I, actually, I actually feel more awake when everyone else is sleeping. Like middle of the night. I feel more awake. I feel more creative. I feel like I think more clearly. Yeah, I actually do. When I was working full time, like at an office job, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, I would stay up at least 24 hours. Um, 24 hours, man. Wow. You're crazy. He's crazy. Every weekend, I would change my sleep. Like, you know how, like, when you're working, like, your day job or whatever, you got to get into, like, a sleep routine, right? Like, a sleep schedule. Otherwise, like, you know, whatever, you'll get fucked up. So I would sleep pretty early, maybe, like, 11, 12, whatever. And then the weekend comes, and then, like, I sleep at, like, 7 a.m. Like, I <laughs> I know people do this when they have like holiday or vacation or whatever, but like I did this, I did this every week, every fucking week. And I don't know, I think I'm just gifted in the way that I can just fall asleep. Like I don't think too much or whatever. So, so I don't really have like, you know, issues with that. <laughs> so I can just adjust my sleep schedule pretty easily. And I guess, yeah, I do abuse it. It's fucked up, man. I would just like, it's not good. It's not, don't do it. It's not healthy for you, I think. Because, you know, when you get past the point when you're like, say you can stay up, right? You don't have to wake up early or whatever. So then you're thinking, hey, you know what? I'm just going to stay up for a little bit tonight, right? If you're not too tired, I know some people get really tired and they can't really stay up. But if you can, you stay up till like, you know, one or two and you're like, damn, it's already two o'clock. I should get to bed, right? Three and four, I feel like it's the time where like, okay, the real like night owls or whatever. They're like, okay, yeah, it's time to go to bed now, right? And once you go past four, that's when like, you know, you you are like, you really have that feeling where everyone is definitely a fucking sleep except you, right? <laughs> and and I like pushing into that zone. Like I have a lot of buildings around me. I can see the lights like turn off throughout the night. And then if I'm at, like still up at like 5 a.m. and I see some lights are still on, I'm like, dude, I wish I can have a drink with you or something. You, my brother, right? But yeah, I it's it's fucked up. But I did do that in the past where it's just like a few hours of sleep. It's fucked up. I don't know if I can do that now though. Like, yeah, when you're just partying so hard and you have to yeah. like go to work the next day, it's I can't like, stay up late anymore. I noticed, like, even if I try to, I could in like university. You're still like a pretty. I don't know. I guess so. Yeah. How about Leon? You're pretty fucked up, though. I know every time you get, like, a holiday. 
you're like, oh. Yeah, but if I wake up, if I wake up after nine, I get pissed at myself. <laughs> I need to wake up before nine or around nine in order to feel like my day is gonna be productive. I hate on the weekend if I wake up at twelve. I'm like, fuck, man, my weekend's gone. That's my feeling. I should love that feeling. You know, it's like, yeah, fuck it, it's the weekend. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Mm -hmm. I, I need to. Because there's all these like, I feel like if I wake up early, then I get all the shit I need to do done before <clears> twelve, for example. Then I can relax. Like it's, it's hard for me to relax. Like I don't know, it's an issue. I need to have nothing to do. Then then I can relax. But there's like always something to fucking do, right? Jesus, you would know how you're dead. There's always something to fucking do. It's always uh, something fucking to do. It's either they puke themselves, they poop themselves, they pee themselves. Or... You know, just this morning, Amia's arm got stuck in a crib. After I'm stuck, and then she got stuck again after five minutes. Yeah. Mia, if it, if I listen to this in the future, you know, I still love you, but you were you were hard to deal with as a baby, and that's a fact. So yeah. So we all agree that getting a job in university really helps with time management. I think you pinpointed pretty correct, accurately, Neil. It's like when you're in like high school, you're still like kind of in the nest. I don't know about you, how you probably went to parties and start drinking and shit in high school, right? I went to a few parties, but not a lot. I just don't party as much as you guys think. <laughs> I don't know why you guys keep I... thinking I party a lot. <laughs> I think the young party. Oh, yeah, I have most. a picture. Yeah, I would say of men. In high school, me and Helmet. Picture of when me and Helmet in in the Discord channel. Yeah. He was intimidating, to be honest. He had a ring on his finger. He had a ring on his finger. So badass. <laughs> that was that was unspoken of at the time. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, lots of people wear rings. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> I, I just. I recently dug out all like my old bracelets and necklaces and shell. Like, what the fuck? I used to wear this shit. So, so cringe, cringe. Right? so cringe. <laughs> I saw my old ones in high school. So cringe. It's all good, man. You were uh, peacocking, right? So to speak. So yeah, I was. That was that's a good. Everybody one. has had a face, you know. Everybody has it. Well, some people. I don't know. Some people can manage it really well. I feel like, like especially. Yeah, I think kids grow up like faster nowadays or maybe we're just too sheltered in a way where that transition was like very like you know it just we were just not able to adjust to it and i think we were pretty sheltered to be honest growing up in Vancouver. i don't know about you how but for our school pg especially is sheltered this that's my take i felt like if i was more I, if i had a kid i would tell him to just do all the partying in high school if you want to Get out of here. But I'd be like, fuck you, dad. I'd like, I do what I want. I'm gonna study now. I'm gonna study all day, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that, you know, 18 to your early 20s, that would be a time to experiment and figure out what you want to do and get all the parting out of your system? Especially, I think, because we've been, I don't know if it's something wrong with the educational system where, like, you get, you're going to school at the age of, like, fucking, like, I don't know, like, five, right? And then all the way till 18, right, where you become, quote-unquote, an adult. And you're still obligated to go to another, you know, <laughs> couple years of school. 
right? At that point, you're just like questioning. You're like, okay, at one in one hand, I have all this freedom, right? I can do all this shit now, but I'm still obligated to complete like school. I still have to go to school. Something I've done like my whole life. I get an option to do something else, and I think a lot of people just like go ham on you know, on on the other stuff. So kids are not used to the freedom they suddenly get. It's not like you slowly, gradually increase the amount of freedom you get with each grade, but it's a it was what a ninety four every day, you know, for the first eighteen years of your life, and then suddenly you got all this freedom, all this freedom of time and you know choices of doing whatever you want. Yeah, and you can drive. And lots of people. Yeah, you can drive. You can talk to girls. You Get know, drunk. <laughs> exactly. Do drugs potentially, so it's it's a uh, dude. It's a lot to handle for young adults. Honestly, I don't know how. For sure, I think we came up pretty okay, although we're degenerates. <laughs> we fucking <laughs> fail shit. Um, but but I just feel like a lot of people can handle pretty well, and I sometimes wonder like how they do it. Are they just like fucking nerds? Do they like sacrifice the social aspect of being a young adult, um, and solely focus on their academics or? You know, it's just something that you know I personally lack that I'm not able to like balance both and have a good outcome. I feel like part Actually, of it yeah. is it's just the person, the individual differences, and I also feel like a big part of it is how the parents raise the kid. I feel like the people, from what I see, the people that are just like super organized ever since high school, their parents are very different. It's like I don't know how to say it. Train them to be responsible for themselves. But there's definitely a, a big、age. part. There's definitely a big part that has to do with just like your temperament, your personality. I feel. Yeah, because I feel like I was super organized in high school. Yeah, but you went the other direction completely. That's my temperament. That's my temperament, man.、I、have to like, have to like, you know, train that out of myself anyway. There are two versions of you. One that's conditioned by society and your parents to be a student, and there's a real you. Because I'm just thinking, like, say the PG people versus the mini school kids, and you、mm. look at their parents. <laughs> you look at their parents. I think there's a. I see a very big difference between the regular PG people's parents and the mini people's parents. And the mini people seem to、Are、be more like, more like, responsible. I guess. Like none of them got. I don't think a lot of them got kicked out after first year. Or I don't think even a lot of them are on probation. I think a lot of special crowd socializing too, you know, socializing and you're networking. You know, you tend to, you grew up around that crowd and you just want to. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, but I grew up around fucking Benson. Obviously, Benson is the Benson is the reason I I am I'm on probation in first. He's yeah. <laughs> Everything stems from the blame game. I would I skip I would skip my calculus class to go to Benson's calculus class because Benson will bring his fucking Nintendo DS and I will play Tetris. That's what I go to UBC for. I just play Tetris. Yo, but you know that pattern recognition—you can use it throughout life, right? So it's really train that muscle. It's training you in a special skill. More than what are you using? What are you using from calculus nowadays? Calculus. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Yo, but like on that top, I'm interested to hear like what you mean by. Like the mini school, like parents being different. Like so, wait. So first of all, I feel I still view people like based on their appearance because I feel like their appearance, like what they wear, the way they come off as, says a lot. And I feel like none of, like all of us,、mm, might have had more distractions versus like the typical nerdy looking Asian guy. Because like 
when I when I see typical nerdy looking Asian guy, I don't imagine them going to drinking parties. I see them playing board games and drinking like tea or some shit. And so like there's there's less of these potentially addictive like activities. I'm sure they still play video games, but they don't have this other component of socializing. Maybe I'm viewing it too black and white. Dude, I'm a nerdy Asian about. guy. Uh, get you, that you would... Go on. But you like, on, like, you like to dress up and shit. Like, you like to dress up. You're, you're into fashion. Like, you're into weed. Like, you're into bunch... Like, you're into chicks. <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing. Dude. I think it's... Uh, I think that stereotype is slowly breaking away with the current generation of TikTok and shit like that. I'm not saying that there aren't, like, traditional a- nerdy Asian dudes. There's a lot of them. Trust me. Yo, but Gary. Go on, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yo, there's actually a guy, you know, this reminds me, there's a guy back in my uh, last year of engineering, and he he fits a stereotype for a traditional nerdy Asian guy. Like, <laughs> he's a bit chubby, he's unkempt, and, you know, he doesn't care about fashion. He, Groom, he, uh, well, not well-groomed. Yes. And he got shit great. So he was actually putting my group, and we had to do this fucking project. He did nothing. <laughs> So it's like it can be um it can be nerdy, suckers and sucking at school, you know. So they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, like I see this guy sometimes. I'd be like, you know, you're not doing so well in school, but you're not partying, you're not enjoying life either. Yeah. So. Then what do you have going for you? I don't get it. Like, like you distributed you your stats. Yeah. You distributed your stats all into intelligence, seemingly, but like you don't even have that down. Come on. Yeah. He doesn't have enough points. He, to just, yeah, he, he just doesn't have enough points. Enough. <laughs> In general, it's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this guy's doing better now. Hopefully, he found his way. Maybe he's in the hentai industry. You know, <laughs> just like directing, directing hentai films. I don't know. Could be lucrative. Might Who knows? Be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think what we're trying to say here is like, I think it's okay to make mistakes. Especially when you're young, right? Like, as we've all, you know, made plenty of mistakes. Like, fucking two of these guys got kicked out of fucking university, right? <laughs> but as long as you're willing to kind of uh, get back there or willing to redeem yourself, redemption arc, then I don't know. Yeah. I think you can still be successful in a way. Yeah. You know, the mindset, it's just... First year is just such a difficult year, I think, for a lot of people in the... In, I don't know. I want to say the whole world. I don't know how like different countries operate, but for us at least, it was it was pretty. And we had it easy, you know. And uh, I guess that's kind of part of the reason too. Like we would get off at school like fucking two sometimes. That's fucking crazy. And the amount of work and responsibilities you have in high school, it's like it's not even that much. It's nothing. It's basically nothing. You. This is how you know. In high school, you finish like a textbook one textbook throughout the whole year that's fucking that's like a snail pace like you know whereas the next year your first year you're expected to finish with like one textbook in like a few months that's already like pretty pretty that's a big transition for a lot of people you know that are just used to being handheld or whatever that's um, one textbook per course exactly exactly mm-hmm. right so that's just i don't know man what advice would you give to younger people that are like you know in this situation or yourselves let's say me anyone just make the same mistakes 
to be honest. Yeah, for myself, probably the opposite of that. Just <laughs> if you make a mistake, just make just make sure you pick yourself up ASAP, and then don't make the same mistake again. That'll be my advice. Yeah, you gotta make mistakes. You just gotta yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I mean, what I mean is that I don't know if life would have turned out any better if anything was different. So let's just keep it the same for me. I would say the strategy into going into first year is um. You know, take your. I know a lot of people like they stack up their required courses, right? And then uh, the electives they leave for like at the end, towards the end, or whatever. I would say probably you know balance that a little bit better. So then you're going to classes that are like, okay, I need to get good in this. And then at the same time, you have other classes where it's more chill, where like you know you can you don't have to stack all that stress on yourself. Like in first year, I took. Did you guys take language classes in in university? We don't get to. Do Chinese? Engineers yeah, don't Chinese get. Chinese literature. Get. I took Chinese too. Yeah, of Chinese. You did. Chinese too. It's actually tough, man. You actually have to learn all these, like you know, Chinese literary. Not called like um. You're analyzing、uh, like the literature. Literature analyzing. Yeah, I actually know these terms, like these technical terms they used. And their style of writing, you have to analyze and write reports. It's a lot, a lot of fucking. Wow!、Work. I actually found the class really interesting. It's one of my favorite class. That. Well, you guys talk about how you guys remember that. Talk about this Chinese professor. It's like in his fifties,、uh, wearing glasses. Yeah, I think he's the only one. Damn. I think Chinese he's the, literature. He teaches all the yeah.、Hmm? Asian studies.、Hmm? I I took.、Uh, Yeah, I took Japanese in university first year because I had taken it like for four years in in high school or whatever. So my first year, I took like a, a third year class in in Japanese, and dude, it was it was so good. It was so chill, and then you get to like meet you know older you know older chicks, which was like. You know, for our first year, yeah, they were much better. Like they were much more, you know, well dressed. They present themselves better, and you're like, damn, this is what I have to look forward to, <laughs> or you know, things like that.、Um, so I think I think that's a good way to kind of offset yourself, or just whatever fun shit. I don't know. There's some fun classes, right? They can't can't be all that like calculus and shit. Did you guys、big. take philosophy? I did, but the one I took is more like the one I took is more like logic. It's not really philosophy. It's like symbols、really? and stuff. Yeah.、Oh, I didn't take that one. I took I took religious philosophy.、Mm. Yeah. What's that yeah, about? I only went to like three classes. I had I took this philosophy class where there was no midterm, no final. There was just seven big quizzes. I think. Oh, I remember that. I failed. Yeah. Fuck! I failed that one pretty bad. <laughs> It's pretty fun though. I just gave I, I just gave up after I failed the third one. Do I wish like I think the biggest thing is I wish someone explained to me like. Why I'm taking these courses? Because at the time I feel like I'm just taking these because I need them to move on to second year. I'm taking these other ones so I can、yep. graduate, and I'm just getting credits. I'm getting high GPA so I can get like move on to the next step. But if you actually think about what you can learn and what you can take that into like, like your life from a lot of the courses, you can actually learn in life. You actually know why you're taking it and actually try to actually learn it rather than just seeing it as a task. But no one told me that. It's like the same way. Throughout like elementary school and high school, it's just you're going and just task you have to do. Yeah.、But、if someone explained、yeah. to me like why do I have to learn physics, like so you can understand how the world works, you understand the universe, that's so fucking fun. Like, but no one explained that to me. True, and、uh, I don't know. So maybe there's a 
we're we're just a product, you know. We're just a product of this. The Matrix. Right. Are we? <laughs> maybe could be. It's just like you know. I don't. I don't think. Maybe it's a system that's set up that's always been you know set up before we were even born, right? And then you know, despite being having different personalities, temperament, etc., we all go through the same system. Even if it does have variables, it's not flexible enough to accommodate for yeah. you know different types of people. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna shift the topic a little bit. Um, to, while we're on the topic of university, is what do you think? about you know these top universities in the states and stuff limiting the amount of chinese students or asian students that they take in it's fucked up affirmative action yes so how are they limiting you're talking about like harvard and stuff yeah so they're like only going to take this amount of like asian or maybe i don't know if it's asian in general or like chinese students based on what i read it's actually asian so like um, okay not specifically chinese okay so I think, you know, it's a purely racist decision made by the institution. And, you know, in my opinion, a establishment, educational establishment like a university, you should, the entrance requirement should be strictly meritocratic. Shouldn't be any consideration of one's, you know, race, background, religion, you know, sexual orientation as such. It should be strictly about grades, your achievements, what you can do. And that's it. But how, which, which university yeah. is doing that exactly? Is it so, like the big I mean, ones or like just the select few ones or like what? They have this secret agenda, you know, according to what I read, it's like almost every major Ivy League schools is doing that. They don't have a strict requirement, but it's more like a, a set of guidelines for the admission community to uh, they use to review uh, each applicant. I would imagine they, they <laughs> like, okay. I think for sure the Ivy League school, they will have like a hidden unspoken guideline, but I would imagine they would, they would have had that since forever, right? How long have they been doing this? I don't know, but so I also, know There's that. also people who donate gets higher preference as well. I like, like they've been doing that forever. There's so that's always, true, a, but, there's always um, a hidden agenda. But we're talking about the preferential, like, okay, that what you're talking about is the preferential acceptance, right? Of, of certain students and families. And I, I mean, that's not, it doesn't affect a whole lot of people, okay? Like how many people donate, right? A lot. And man. how many people and how many people from from like we're talking about not letting certain students attend or get accepted into the institution due to, you know, their cultural background or whatever. That's I don't know, man. It's kind of it's a weird thing. It's it's kind of weird. Um, Big G and Leon, thoughts on that? No thoughts. I didn't even know this was happening. Shit. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I was seeing Harvard case happened a while back, yeah. a few years ago. It's obviously not right. Is this diversity thing is bullshit? Um, it's <laughs> like, well, I think I think one okay. So like the first reason why they're doing this is because you know like too many Asians get good grades, but they're kind of so they take up a lot of um, spots, but they're kind of robotic, and so there's you get like a large student body, but it's like oh no diversity, and then. And so they try to curb that limit, like put a limit on, on the amount of Asian students. But the big thing you have to remember is like, there's a lot of Asians in America who are like poor, like first, first generation, maybe they escaped Vietnam or something. And so they, they should be given, like you can never say it's more, it's more fair or whatever to promote like a certain race versus another. It's just like a very bad way to categorize people. 
if that makes sense. If you guys uh, want to listen to um, more people talking about this, there's a really famous podcast called Escape from Plan A. I don't know if you guys heard this before, but it's like an Asian American based podcast channel. It's talk about issues like this a lot. I remember there's an, an episode specifically covering this issue. So, you know, I'm going to link in the comments and you guys can go check it out if you guys want to. So back to the topic, based on what I, what I read so far, uh, the, um, they actually have been doing this for decades now. And, you know, one of the requirements for entrance state into Harvard would be your personal essay. So they can use that to evaluate right, right, your, right. you know, your, your, your social life, like your extracurricular activities and see if you're a good fit for the school or not. And in that essay, you know, not sure if it's on the essay itself or on your other parts of education, but they have a score. So they have a ranking system, you know, based on how socially active or how how much of a good thing it's multifactorial they don't just look at one thing right so yeah but then so they see- consistently consistently ranked asians lower than other races in terms of extracurricular activities so they've done that so that they're only taking the asians with really good academic scores we really but the the, the, the extracurricular scores lower way lower so let me just get this clear though the main reason for this discrimination is because solely on the fact that Asians get better grades, right? Yes, and they don't want their school to be seen too Asian, you know. I think there's a part of America that really thinks that Asians are not really American or not Canadian or not Western, you know. Like, unlike, say, like, for example, Black people, African-Americans, African-Canadians, they seeing as they can integrate to society. The, the majority, the main, they're just accustomed to... Uh, rules of western society and you know they'll speak their language they'll adapt same thing for hispanic people not for asian people asian people they've always been we always been seen as foreign you know we are different race from different culture we cannot integrate you know in the long run dude that sounds like some left narrative that you're being fed man dude i'm sure that's one of the reasons i'm sure there's many other reasons like gary said because asian students they tend to get really high sat scores so I feel like one of the reasons they're scaling down for that factor as well. And part of it is diversity. You wouldn't want a campus with just like 70% Asians, right? I feel like, it's, fucking I feel like it's multiple things. Talking wrong well, with that. They probably wouldn't mind. They wouldn't want it to be 25% white. <laughs> if you put it that way. Okay, first of all. But what I'm saying I is it's not, just, it's, not, it's not just 100% a racist thing. I'm sure it's like. Yeah, There's yeah. more than one factor they're looking into. They wouldn't, like, Harvard wouldn't do this just to be racist. It doesn't make sense. They probably have a quota for how many minorities, like, different yeah. types of minorities, right? No, that's the thing that we're trying to point out is because this quota shouldn't exist. I think how, that's where how is going with this. Like, it, there shouldn't be a quota in general. It should be purely based on the requirements. And Asians are too OP, right, at getting high scores. So... They gotta nerf them somehow, and they're using that personal essay as you know, kind of like a scapegoat in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I agree that it's. I agree that it's racist. I agree that you know it's fucked up, but I'm also not very surprised. I just feel like I feel like it's going to happen, and there's you know what can you do about it? It's just like, for example, okay, let me put it this way, right? It just so happens that academics. Asians are good at academics, right? So if you don't have this kind of quota, quote unquote quota, then you're going to have like a school full of Asians, like a lot of Asian people, right? Yeah. In, in these top universities. 
so think about it this way it's like look at the nba and if they have like a racial quota you know what i mean and you know people would say that's not you know it's not fair it's discriminatory you know it just depends on the playing field you're at and whether or not you should cap certain types of people benson so based on what you told me are you saying that you know if you strictly from a meritocratic point of view and a score full of asians bad is that what you're suggesting no, I didn't say that at all. I'm just saying, I'm just saying the ta- uh, the logic behind this. I'm just trying to explain to these names. I know, but I'm yeah. saying that. I understand. I just feel like that's the ideal world. It's just not the reality, right? In the ideal world, we shouldn't have this quota. But okay, let's think about let's think happens. about this in the reverse. Let's say there's 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 a number of white immigrants went to China, and then there's a top Chinese yeah. university, and yeah. then and then the white people start doing better. Is is the, Chinese, is the Chinese university gonna limit the amount of white people? I don't know. They might. For sure. <laughs> I would limit if I were the government. I would limit. But it's people. different. It's different. If they all fled back to America, or something. yeah, especially they can just fly back and then bring all that knowledge back to their country and use against. I don't know. But there's it's many things to consider. Because because North America is like it's not homogenous in the way that Asian countries That's are. That's true. Right. So. So you can't just be like, okay, America is white, right? Like, yeah, people are, you know, starting to fight back, push back on that idea. But you can't, that's, I don't think that's a fair comparison is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, so, but there's a lot of political, you know, influences behind these kind of reasons of, you know, it's probably like, I feel like even though you say it's not homogenous, but there's a lot of animosity towards like China, for example, at the moment in North America. Mm-hmm. So things like this if, can have influence too. Look at history, you know, even though it's not homogenous, the um, the elites tend to be, you know, white, northern, western, yeah. European consistently. Yeah. The ones that dominate both the political field, the uh, cultural field, and also the economic field, the financial sector. Hey, yeah. so they got here first, right? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> in quotes again, again, it's like, you know, when you're playing a game, right? You're like the first wave of people that join the server. And then, you know, yeah. people come in later and then you're like, okay, we're going to get these old guys like out of power and stuff like that. But it, I think it's just the undeniable fact that they did get there first. So then they had all that time to establish their positions. That's why you still see them in these like high level positions at the moment. Um, but is it fair for them to start limiting the new players? So you know, they can... yeah, that's that's the topic. Uh, that's the hot, you know, hot button topic at the moment for us, at least in this conversation. I think what is is that no, it isn't fair. But if I was them, I'll probably do it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're not them, and you can't be them, unfortunately. So what would you do? I don't go to Harvard. There's still a percent. There's still a percentage of the people that that gets in. And it's not a small percent. It's not like it's five percent. It's still quite a. It's not a small percentage. It's not. They're not really trying to like limit a lot of Asian people from getting in. Right. I don't think it's a small percentage. If you go to the campus, it's there's still quite a bit of Asians. It's it's not about that though. Like it's not about the optics. I think it's about the fact that this quota exists. There's this restriction for a certain amount of people. Like certain type of people i think we're arguing this fact like should this even exist in the first place right if you have a level cap yeah like if you have a level cap right you need to be level 20 to get into enters area that should be the only requirement 
But when you're stacking on yeah. another restriction yeah. for a certain type of people, that's when it gets murky. That's when it gets kind of sus. Yeah. Right? Is that? Can you imagine if someone do this to uh, other races? Say, you know, there can only be fifty uh, percent black people in the school. With flip shit, you know, people go on the street rioting, burning cars down, and shit. You know, Asian Americans just need to be more vocal about their discontent, like Asian and yeah. American and yeah. I feel like it's good to bring awareness to these issues, and I also think it's not fair. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to, it's really hard to fight against a system, you know, at the end of the day. True. I think it's super hard. And, you know, Asians are not the type of people to speak up. It's just not, you know, within... Just take it in the ass. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what we've been doing. So <clears throat> I don't personally think it's fair. I think if you set a standard type, like a standard requirement, just stick with it and you shouldn't have any exceptions, right? You know, that, especially for like these high level, like high tier universities. I think it really, um, yeah, it, it's not good on their name to kind of do this type of shit. And I think what you're, a lot of people are discontent about is the fact that it's not like blatantly stated, you know, this thing. It's not like. I mean, I, I would see the potential, yeah. like, you know, it would, it would, it would be very bad if they had stated it. But the fact that they don't state it, but they're actively like doing it, practicing it, is arguably like worse. So, how did people find out about this if it's not publicly stated? Was this like something that leaked? I imagine it would be. <laughs> I imagine it would be leaked. Yeah, someone from the inside or something like that. And then they took a look at the statistics and then the applicants, the failed applicants, and then do some type mm. of uh, yeah analysis. Yeah, it's not difficult, I think, for these type of things. Like, you know, you can't really argue against stats. Well, <laughs> it doesn't concern us because we, we were done with school. Mm. But, you know, for, for people, again, what you mentioned, Leon, like people who are in like lower socioeconomic status, maybe, they're like grouped in, you know, and, and they don't have that like their opportunity just you know they don't have that opportunity anymore and that's uh and you lose like a you know a brilliant mind in x field or whatever it's uh, that sucks it's kind of a limit a limit that you're putting on other people the system is putting on people okay yeah the the way i see it though it's like like the people who are truly exceptional they're still gonna make it and the people that are not truly exceptional they don't really matter so as long as the truly exceptional people can still make it, the world will continue to get better. Because the other, all, let's say, let's say if there's no quota, then hundred more, hundred more Asian can make it, but they won't make, they don't really make a difference anyway. So what's, they can go yeah. to like Berkeley. Okay. They don't have to go to Harvard. They go to Berkeley. It's just, a, it's pretty, it's a good school too. That's how I think of know? this thing. Do you know if, uh, you know, going to Harvard versus going to Berkeley, you know, it won't, how do you know if it won't affect their income, their connection, and also... It will uh, affect them, it will affect them, but it won't, it will affect them, but it won't affect the world, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, if if a truly exceptional person will make it regardless, and the other person don't really make much of a difference anyway. You're saying it, like, towards the world, to to the collective, right? Like, what they contribute to society, but what... The other side is arguing is like, well, what about their own like individual likely livelihood, their own well-being, you know, yeah. their own success? Is it fair to them? What if it's you? Is you applying and you know they reject you because of that? That makes so it it's a, enough. it's a, do you, you know, do you really believe that or do you think you're exceptional? Because I you know I'm pretty sure you don't think you're average. 
I, I don't think I'm good enough to get into Harvard. Well, let's just scrap that individual whatever anecdotal shit, right? We're just saying, I think, like, for the individual who's like, okay, yo, like, smart and shit, if I get into school, I'll be able to afford a better life for my family, etc. My parents are immigrants, etc. But to discount that, to say, like, okay, you're not going to be the next Elon Musk or whatever, but is that is that, like, a legit enough reason to deny this person the opportunity? You know, I think that's a big question here. And also, I think what uh, Neil's trying to say is that it's not fair, but he thinks most of these people would do well. Might be not as well as they could have, but maybe eighty percent of their potential if they're if they're good enough, right? But I do think, you know, for a lot of other people that are not truly exceptional, it could have been a way for them to, you know, they could have been exceptional, but now they couldn't. So. Could be a way to you know lift their family out of poverty. It could be a way to change other people's lives in unimaginable ways. It could be ways to you know change the world that you know may the opportunities are lost. And the other thing is that a lot of people tend to think that it's okay to punish you know Asians. It's okay to take their their fucking uh, income or slash you know educational level educational level away because that you know Asians are already seen as successful and you know potentially stable in America. The fact is there's still a lot of poverty in Asians. There's still a lot of uh, unemployment, you know, social issues that, you know, we still immigrants and we're still handicapped in certain parts of society. And this, you know, this area where that, you know, in a ticket to a uh, higher, higher educational, high, higher education, it's, um, it can open a lot of doors. It can open up connections that, you know, you previously won't get. It can give you opportunities that would used to be limited to a few people in their hands. So I just don't think it's fair to um, to me or my family or other Asian people I know. And especially now that I'm a dad, you know, I want my kid to grow up in this kind of society. Dude, I just, I just agree with Leon. It's like, in the ideal world, we want this to happen, but in real life, it's just not. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it's the weirdness to start. It has to start somewhere, you know. We have to bring awareness. I think that that's right too. It's it's like if in NBA you you limit the amount of black people, right? That's that's gonna be crazy, right? It's 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 a crazy thing to think about, right? But but the reality is that they are doing it in academics, right? For Asian people, and yeah, it's not of you know I guess big big. It's not big of an issue as. I, and I get the other side of the argument. If you look at like fucking, you know, UCLA, all the campuses, it's like dominantly Asian, right? And I don't know. Uh, some people don't like that, you know? So <laughs> maybe the higher people in the universities are like, oh, yo, we're like this Asian school. Dude, and, and okay, and let's think about it this way. Say, say there's like a black kid grows up in the hood, right? Doesn't have... It lives in poverty, doesn't have that much access to education, but he tries really hard. But he's not gonna get as high as the AT SAT score. But he's actually talented, and he works hard. He just doesn't have the right resource to get like perfect on SAT. He gets like ninety five percentile, but not ninety nine percentile. But because maybe, maybe, maybe by limiting the percentage of Asians, this black kid now gets a chance to bring his whole family out. Of what I'm saying is, there's why uh, Asians. Why not limit the I'm sure it's not just Asian. I guarantee you it's not just Asian. I'm I'm guarantee you they have a quota for all races. It's hidden. I'm and I'm I'm also pretty sure they've always done it. Probably since the moment they opened yeah. up the school, the first three white guys yeah. got to together and they just set up a percentage. 
I'm pretty sure, pretty sure they've done it. They've always done it, man. They've raised their does it mean, for They've always done it, but does it mean it's right to do so? What I'm saying is... If you've always been doing something, it doesn't make it right, bro. You're arguing one thing from it's just purely racist. What I'm saying is, I think there are many things. Well, I can say in a better way is you can make it a better system, you know, by changing it. You make it so mad, I want to blaze. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's, a, it's an issue, man. Uh, I think... I think it's just the fact that if you are blatantly saying these are the metrics we're measuring you by for everybody, and that should just be it, right? The, you know, the kid that grew up in the hood, he couldn't make the SAT scores. Like, well, I mean, everyone has to adhere to these standards. And if you can't make the standards, then you can't, right? That's kind of the rules. Like, if you're not tall enough to ride this roller coaster, you're just not tall enough. Some people are, some people aren't. Yeah, I feel ways to give, you know, these kids in poverty a, a chance, you know, we can say, yeah, no, we don't look at your race, we look at your family income, we look at which uh, school district you go to. Say, if you're from the school district, you know, we're going to give you an extra, I don't know, fucking three grand a year to uh, take extracurricular classes. Like, instead of just basing, up, basing off on race or like you know, all these external factors, why don't we just look at purely, you know, economical backgrounds and it serves the same fucking purpose, No. Or if it's up to me, honestly, I would just have like, just this look at the scores. It would just be, it's just fair to everybody. To, like, despite no handicap to anyone or no help. There is a help. handicap though. I don't know. The score itself, I feel like if, as you said, it's not just, not just for white, Asian, whatever. If you grew up well, if you grew up in a good environment, you're definitely going to get better scores if you, if you do the right things. And then as Neil said, a black kid in the ghetto, grow up in the ghetto, doesn't have a lot of resources. But those are just like gangster. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think you have to be fair, right? And on 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 based on reality, okay. And nobody is gonna be handed the same hand cards, right? From from the deck, and that's something that we cannot control. But what we can control is the standard to get into these institutions, right? So I would just have that, you know, if you're Sports, for example, if you're good enough, you can join the team. Doesn't matter who you are, you're good enough. So if it was me, it was fair. That's fair, right? Nothing and, else. And you I, can't change anything else. What if what if I phrase this different? What if they set a limitation on international students? So it's not just Asian in general. If you're if you're part of like an Asian American, you grew up in America or can Canada, whatever, that you're part of that normal group. But if you're an international student, then there's a quota. Would that be fair because you're international? Dude, there's a quota for international. I, I think it's fair to limit them, actually. But they don't. Yeah, they actually do the opposite. Too. They take a lot of international. <laughs> they they want to make money. <laughs> so, I mean, they kind of shot themselves in the foot, kind of, in that way. Yeah. I mean, we've all been to UBC. We, we know how it's like. We, it's, it's, whoever. <laughs> it's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money on the table, okay? And, you know, it's, it's the way it is. And, uh, I think the key thing here is because although we're moving away from it, we're still academics is still an important factor that determines how well you do in life, at least in in general society, right? Like you can say you can be an artist, whatever, fine. That's oh, that's okay too. But we're talking about the majority of people, and education is still an important determining factor. And I think the opportunity to get this, you know, opportunity is is where it's kind of a uh, I don't know. It's kind of muddy. It's not. 
exactly fair. If it was something else entirely, right, then it would be different. But the fact that education is so important、uh, kind of makes it even way even more. I don't know if that makes sense. I can make or break your life essentially. So even even like athletes get get like sponsored or whatever, right? They still、There's、need to do well in school. Yeah, they still need to do like pass these courses and shit, right? So today, unless you're Kobe you... or LeBron, where you go straight into NBA after <laughs> high school, right? Yeah. Or if you're like Elon Musk、yeah. and Steve Jobs, don't even need to go to university and you can start your own. Yeah.、Company. Yeah. Yeah, but how many of those people that do the same thing but failed, man? True. Dude, I know, yeah, but I'm just saying. It's a survivorship bias. In the yeah, Asian pride. I, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think I don't think this issue or these type of race issues will be solved within our lifetimes. I I don't see it happening. It's just too many complex factors in play. Oh, you know. So, all right, Big G, give us a final word regarding this topic. The wisest of us all. I'm not, man. This is a really complicated issue because, like, when you bring up like NBA, you could call it like kind of internalized racism. Because, like, if you read, I think it's like about how like even players like Jeremy Lin. I'm not even into basketball, but like just because he's Asian, he's kind of just viewed as less、uh, competent. But then, I think some coaches were like, "Dude, he's actually really good. Like, you should try to recruit this guy." And like in in in. In sports, it's just more obvious because you have like genetics. You can't argue with those kind of results. But then, what you say about like academics is it academics really that important? And then you talk about like, for some black kid, or or something, it could it could mean like pulling their whole family out of poverty. Like there there is something to be said about a bit of this equality stuff. Because like Asians are also studying way too hard. They're using all these tutors and stuff. They're they're they they have such a strong like culture sort of instilled in academic excellence. So they're gonna game the system and and just increasingly get more spots in like these top schools. But look at how many Asians are actually sort of like leaders. Because I was actually looking at not this is not as related, but I was just googling just now of like Asians versus white people when it came to the Harvard. I think it was the Harvard criteria.、Um, Asians do significantly better, even compared to white people, on academics. On extracurriculars, they're also like slightly better, which is surprising. But I'm guessing it's because Asians also game the system somehow. They they do like all this piano. I don't know all these like typical Asian sort of extracurriculars. Even though in my mind, stereotypically, white people tend to I don't know do more like things that benefit society as a whole. Like they'll start some shit. I'm running out of examples here, but but there was one category which Asians scored lower than white people, which is their. I think it's related to like their their personality, like like likable, likability, kindness, courage, and it makes sense because it's like okay, we want to groom these people to be leaders and the top of society, and are Asians really that cut out for that? There are some obviously at the extreme examples like outliers, but in general, you just there's like this whole glass. No, it's not glass ceiling. It's a bamboo ceiling. Yeah,、um, it's a really goddamn complicated topic. And honestly, a lot of these Asians would be fine if they went to Berkeley, like like Neo said. So I don't know. I'm if you asked me this topic like an hour ago, I would be 
I'll be basically parroting typical, more like right-leaning sort of point of view, conservative, which is like, okay, it's just it's just racism, but going the other way. Because like Asians have always been treated as the model minority, but then they've they're kind of like an odd um, odd apple, whatever you call it, because Asians do really well, but they're kind of quiet. But then they kind of like support the the white method, if you want to call it that. Like they do well in school, and then they just work and they do well but they don't rise to the top but they kind of stay silent they're a minority and they're doing well what are you looking for is obedience Asians are obedient they're a minority but they also do well whereas the typical minority if you're talking about like whatever Latino Hispanic black they don't do as well but then the the huge problem with how they grew up like how many Asian hoods are there how many black hoods are there how many you know it's so it's a really goddamn complicated topic and yeah, I don't think those people have met the uh, Nambu guys in Vancouver yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, uh, yeah, I, we're still breaking out from that typical Asian nerdy guy stereotype. And uh, yeah, dude, no. And the last thing is like, like, like right as of right now, this moment, based on what you guys have said, and I think some of the points that Neo made, it's like, it doesn't seem so bad, and I think the the Harvard case actually Harvard won, uh, but I didn't read into the details of it. So it was like Asian Americans versus Harvard, or some or or something like that, and Harvard still won, maybe because they're better lawyers. But it doesn't actually seem so bad if like, you know, you had a slightly less like strict requirement for black people for just grades, and yeah, and I think. Again, it's just really complicated. Like you want to set some good examples for the future black generations that they can also do it. So yeah, it's like like society will go back and forth amongst these kind of contentious debates or issues and then maybe slowly figure out a better way and maybe it'll flip back and forth. Who knows? Yeah. Cool. Well, no, I don't think we came to a conclusion. You know, the way so... to solve this problem is for Asians to open a private Asian university that's top 10 and they only accept Asians. That's the way to go. Because all those Ivy League schools, they're private schools. So I can see how they didn't, why the Asian American student didn't win. They're technically private school, right? They can set up the, it's not like public education. That's true. They can say- So, so make, make, a, make a private Asian school that is in the top 10. And there we go. <clears throat> that's, how, that's the way to do it. And yeah, limit, limit, limit the percentage on white people, right? <laughs> <laughs> it only takes what, a few hundred billion dollars to set it up. <laughs> yeah. It's the, yeah, actually, no, actually, no, actually, and then the last problem with all this like diversity, like categorizing on race thing is because like, how, how far down do you want to go on categorizing people? Like Asians, huge group, yeah. like we're, we're not all the same. There's Chinese, Japanese, Koreans, Vietnamese, and we're going to look at their income. Which I think it might be kind of fair. Like if you just, but then there's already programs like, okay, if you're from lower income, we'll just give you a full ride scholarship. And then it's now we get, and then it, there's also like male versus female. So there's this, like, are you really gonna get into this point grading system? Okay, if you're Asian, minus one. But if you're female, plus one. Um, and then if you're low social and economic status, you know, plus one. If you're LGBTQ, plus five. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna set that? <laughs> Um, actually, yeah, yeah. I actually heard of this rating point system on like certain internet places, but I don't know if it's actually legit, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't someone... be surprised. Man. All right, my, uh, we're going to wrap it up. How, why don't you give us the last word? 
about university, things like that, and we'll call it. <laughs> All right, uh, sure. Uh, university is a time where we're you not know, learned to to adult essentially. We're transitioning from being a teenager to a young adult, and you know, it's time to make mistakes. It's time to figure out what you like, what you don't like, and figure out to live your life, right? So yeah, there's a lot of challenges. You know, being being a kid isn't easy, and you know, growing up certainly a lot harder. And so, you know, for to all the young people out there, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. Just be able to recover and learn from it. All right, and with that, ninjas out. Peace, peace. Peace, peace.